Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm delighted that this week's guest is Helen Wilson from Worcestershire County Council. Helen has been responsible for something that I think is really lovely. It's it's called Sculpt and it's it's a framework for document accessibility. And, and it's one of those ideas that when, when you hear about it, you think, why didn't I think of that? It's brilliant. It's so simple. It, so um, I first came across this uh, on a webinar for the Business Disability Forum, where Helen and her colleague Debbie were talking about the, the, the sort of how it came about, how this framework came about. And, and, and Sculpt is, is really sort of breaking down trying to make it easy and demystifying how you make documents accessible. And, and people forget quite often in the accessibility world that, that about document accessibility. We talk a lot about assistive tech. We talk a lot about diversity, equity, and inclusion. We don't talk quite so much about accessible documents. And yet they're the things that we work with every day. So Helen, it's great to have you with us. Can you tell us a Thank little you. bit about how Sculpt came to be and, and more about what it is? Yes, um, Sculpt um, came to be really um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because um, inclusion is the right thing to do and it shouldn't be just the job of some people, it should be the job of everybody. Um, but also obviously the introduction of the web accessibility regulations came along. Um, and we had um, our former equality diversity and inclusion manager and she was blind and she used the screen reader and I met her in 2017 struggling because someone had sent her a document she couldn't read and this was my first real introduction to someone who used a screen reader and the challenges that, that they came across and being in the web team we've got a centralized web team we had a lot of documents obviously come our way to upload to the website we challenged them to create them as html instead or or you know but most of the time, these documents were very poor for accessibility and people didn't know how to make them accessible. Um, so I sat down with Sandy, our um, quality manager at the time, and went through the things that would make life a little bit easier for her. And are there any simple things we can do? Um, another thing I did was um, I did a lot of workshops with people around the council. Uh, one in particular was quite a large one with a lot of people sat in the council chamber. And we kind of asked people what they understood of digital accessibility, whose responsibility it was, how would they know how to make a document accessible? And very much the, the, the opinion was that's someone else's problem, someone else's responsibility. And the biggest fear was how complicated and technical and um, all, all those kind of things rolled into one. And um, so we kind of sat down and, and worked out what are the things that are necessary and needed. And those things um, were structure of a document using headings, color and contrast. Um, sorry, my husband's just walked in. Um, uh -huh. So structure of a document, um, color and contrast, use of images, links, plain English and tables. And those were the six things that Sandy said would help her just to even use a document in the most basic of ways. And when you kind of look at adding headings, a lot of people do that anyway. It's not a difficult thing to learn how to do. Color and contrast really should be common sense, but it was something to, to highlight. Use of images and meaningful alt text is something that people get very, very wrong. Um, they'll often, we had a lot of, 
um, documents that came through with data. And, and instead of kind of describing some data, some really complex and quite useful, um, important data, and they just put a data table, which is no use to anybody. Um, links and kind of seeing how they're presented on a screen reader, often alphabetical kind of language and as a list, made you realize the importance of describing them. Plain English, it was something she advocated, Sandy, very, very much because she said plain English and things not making sense would um, cause a barrier to anybody. But also when you're just hearing something, you know, complex language jargon and stuff is not helpful. So plain English is the P. And then tables is kind of just trying to avoid merged and split cells, making sure there's a header row. So quite simple skills. And so Sculpt was born. Those six things came about. And we did quite a big campaign that actually a whole workforce should be upskilled. It shouldn't just be the job of accessibility experts or just be the job of a web team. Everybody can do those basic things. And those basic things don't take long to learn. Off the back of that, we put together an e-learning module. We had conversations with key stakeholders. So learning and development, obviously, Debbie, who, who sadly can't be with me today, um, heads of digital, heads of comms, HR, um, you know, senior leaders, and the, the importance of the world has changed. We have to upskill. Um, and these are skills are basic. You know, we're not expecting them to make the perfect accessible document. We're expecting them to add those basic reasonable adjustments to a document. And interestingly, we did a massive campaign. Um, the importance of it became recognized and became part of our mandatory learning. So just like GDPR, just like health and safety, just like equality and diversity, the Sculpt and Accessibility e-learning module is mandatory for all new starters and all staff. And we um, have um, a, a support area on our intranet, which is broken down into very basic kind of things, really. So if you run an accessibility check and it says something like image or object not in line, you can go on the page and look for image and object not in line, explains what it means, why it's saying that and what you need to do. And um, we're really starting to take off and people are using it in the language of, of the, the council There's every day. It's like, I've sculpted the document before I've sent it you or, or you know, things like that. It's really, it's, it's taken off because it's simple. And every video we put on, everything we've, we've created, we've made sure it's no more than five minutes to kind of reinforce it is easy. It is bite size. And everyone, no matter what ICT skills you've got, can do it. Whereas before, all these things that were simple were assumed to be complex, techie, time-consuming, consuming, and absolutely not their responsibility to do. So that's what Sculpt is, really. It's a framework, um, and it's captured the imagination of quite a lot of people who use it in their organizations. And recently, we've added a case study of another council who've copied our model and have now embraced it as mandatory in their workplace. And our big ambition is that one day, imagine if it was the norm in every workplace. So, you know, these basic skills, if you know, when you have a computer, Neil, this, this will um, resonate with you today, you've got a new computer, you've got to learn new little ways and little quirks, haven't you? 
So that's the way we see it. It's an upskill that's necessary to make sure people have or change or adapt to, to the way they work. So long-winded answer, but that's kind of scoped. It's been on quite a journey. So, so uh, Ellen, you, you were mentioning that uh, you have to engage with other departments, people in communication and all that. Can, can you uh, tell us what you believe helped you to succeed and make sure that they were adopting and, and changing in order to make their documents, their documentation accessible? Because sometimes there, there's fear of change. Uh, people say, oh, this is too complicated. What do you feel that you made that helped you to succeed here? I think speaking, having the conversations with the right stakeholders and then presenting it, because you can present an idea and people will still think it's complicated because they've got this preconception that it doesn't matter what you're going to tell me. I know this is complicated to do. And so we did a lot of little demonstration. I think the easiest and quickest one was links. So I showed a page of links and then I showed the page with the links in a list. And this is how they appear in terms of accessibility. But and all of these are named click here, for example. But forget the screen reader for a minute. If you need to go and find a link in the document yourself, you've got to reread that document to work out which click here is the one you want. And it's really easy to actually change a link. So you, you know that people very quickly will copy and paste the full URL in, and then you can right click very easily and change the title of it. it it's, it's that simple. And it's like less than a minute to show them one part of Sculpt. And then showing them an accessibility checker and how quick it can be to, to fix a document. You've almost got to show people the reality of how simple it can be. Because unless you show people, they, they, they still have this barrier of, you've, you've got to get over that barrier, if you like, um, to get past people's preconception of it being difficult. So showing them simple things dropping little simple tips, did you knows, um, keeping like, um, we had some fantastic videos that we showed in our comms campaign, keeping it simple. We've had, um, Sandy herself did some videos of why it was really important to her. Um, she was, she played a very large part because I think because we had her in our workforce, people were a little bit more aware. Um, interestingly, Just before coronavirus, we'd, we'd been out and we've done we'd done a few webinars and we were going to put all the posters up in in the um, rooms around um, the council. Just like, you know, when you walk in a room and you, every single day you read the health and safety information and <laughs> it's kind of in your head. You know it. You don't know it, but you know it because you read it. And the idea being it would be on the wall with the same importance as health and safety. But of course, coronavirus came along. And coronavirus came along and we were like, right, no one's in an office. How are we going to do this? So we kind of put together a comms campaign of kind of, okay, people have isolated more than, you know, they're completely shut off. And you need to tell them stuff that could save their life. What if they couldn't read it? What if they can't open it? What if, you know, all these things. And in a weird little strange way, it helped us contextualize the importance of it. And sometimes the why we do it is just as important as how you do it. And we, we kind of um, 
try to just 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 keep pushing that message out why it's so important but also try to push it out like color contrast you've had your mobile phone on a sunny day you can't see the content it's just as important for you as it is for someone with with vision issues so you know there were quite a lot of things that we we kind of tapped into I suppose coronavirus was a fantastic one to kind of get it out there we had um we we put together a thing called here to help which was going out trying to help the community kind of getting volunteers on board and at that point people were realizing the stuff they sent out via email needed to be accessible this wasn't just about the website anymore this was about if I sent someone instructions could they read that so weirdly coronavirus kind of helped our message so it became recognized that actually digital information can be just as isolating as being shut in your house kind of thing so um i think timing but also demonstrating showing and contextualizing i think are the key messages but also having senior leadership right. involved because without them you're steering a ship from the engine room I think it's um, something that Alistair McNaught actually said in one of his things that a web team can't lead an institute, you know, an an organization, only senior leaders can. So having the right people on board and, and, you know, sometimes you have to work with them and talk to them and spend time with them for, for them to really understand the importance of it. But also the fact on the web, it's legal compliance is, is, should be enough anyway. Yes, I, I just want to comment on, I just think it's so brilliant what you're doing. And it's interesting because it is simple, but we as a society have complicated accessibility. And I do not believe that, you know, we don't need the, we do need the ex, the accessibility experts, but so much of it is sort of common sense. And I have found the same thing. I, I remember coming in and doing training for a big telecom company and we trained them and they got it. But the most important part that they loved about the training was actually watching my team that had disabilities using assistive technology and navigating their website, their apps, and their competitors' website and apps. And their competitor had actually worked hard to include us and still does. And um, this other company that I was training was just beginning and they're doing great stuff now. But it was huge. It was such an eye-opener. And then sometimes I would have a trainer. Uh, I used to have a man work for me, and we called him Mr. Jaws because he was so good on, on yeah. screen reader. And um, he was completely blind, and he didn't even have um, the the screen. He just had the keyboard. And I remember he was training, and the students were so impressed with how fast he could listen to the screen yes. reader. And then there was a technical problem. And that was really funny because they called technical support in technical support came and looked at his computer and was like, "Uh, um, there's no screen. So it showed how intelligent this man was that he'd figure out all it because this is a long time ago. So, you know, things have gotten a little bit more accessible, but I think that we are, we keep sending the wrong message that accessibility is too hard to do it, but instead we need to talk about why do we need to do it? And by the way, as you said, 
as we do these things, it improves the experience for everyone. But yeah, and I also one more comment about COVID because I agree with you. I think society learned a lot about inclusion of people with disabilities during COVID. We told you we're not being included. We're lonely. We're shut in. We want access. Oh, yeah, you know, like during COVID, where we all were doing this. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, and we we did lots. quite a lot um, about. Um, you know, you walk down the high street 10 years ago, you, you'd go to the post office, you'll see a ramp, you'll see handrails, you'll see hearing loops, but the post office is online. What we're doing is providing the handrails, you know, all those, you know, that's what we're doing. We're providing those things. I mean, in terms of accessible documents, you know, they're not perfect, but they're the reasonable adjustments enough for someone to, to use them. Obviously, when they're put on the web, we have to do a little bit more. But it's the basics in place, isn't it? It's and and those simple, tiny little things. If everybody spent five minutes a day, imagine the impact. And you know, it 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 can be inclusive. It can work. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's so important to do things like this, and I think we keep overlooking that part because if we can add the part you're doing into it. Once again, we still need our accessibility experts, but people can learn the common sense and they can they can um, take away a lot of the barriers just by paying attention, caring, absolutely caring a lot of people. So thank you for reminding yeah. us how important it yeah. is to have some common sense. And it, um, it makes um, it, it's it's everybody's responsibility. Inclusion is everybody's ex- responsibility anyway. So what's the difference when it's digital? So to us, it was like, this is this is for the wider workforce. And then obviously our team in terms of specialists, if you like, for the web, that's our role. But everybody plays their part this way. And and actually, it's, it, it's interesting because um, on Wednesday, um, I think it was AbilityNet or someone who did um, a webinar um, about assistive tech and like a demo. And I, I, I place that on our sort of Yammer groups, if you like, and I place it everywhere. And quite a few people went to it and I could see their names I was like yes you know people are interested and um somebody actually said to me oh I do this would it be a really useful thing for me to put that you know that NVDA on my machine you know and like yes she hasn't you know other than um, her normal day-to-day she said I'd be really interested in in simulating that and that's fantastic because firstly we've you know the, the fact that if you put that in any other workforce you'd get your usual suspects I think that would attend something like that but she, she, I was like, oh, you know, I get quite excited when, when you've, a light bulb has gone on in someone's head. And, um, you know, we, we're starting to get a few what I call sculpt champions who produce like enormous documents. We had a 269 page one recently, and there were just a few little issues on tables. And you only kind of get really quite excited that somebody has embraced it and, and made these, these, you know, documents and they're really proud of themselves as well and that's really really good and i think this is i think that there's multiple reasons why i love sculpt first was the um the simplicity of it you know the fact that you've got this acronym that that is meaningful that also you know ties in with the fact that it's creative so so you know bravo for that but but then the the fact that you've you've managed to start along the processes of cultural change within the organization and this has been a, a catalyst to to enable that is also another reason why i think it's exciting and and the final thing that you haven't mentioned yet which is that it's open source so you you've put it as a you know creative commons you know non-commercial share alike 
license so anyone can use this so Deborah yeah. if you like it you can take it and you can adapt absolutely. it absolutely you know oh, wow. and, and, and so 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 we're going to be Thank using you. it I want to use it I want to see it yeah. <laughs> because we know that we have the same job to do in terms of demystifying document creation and accessibility across our 105,000 employee base um, and, and, and we're not going to be able to just rely on, on experts to do this. It's so devolved responsibility for making at least the sort of doing the basics is, is really super important. So, so I think that, that that whole sort of openness and sharing and, 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 and is exactly what we in Access Chat really like. You know, it's, it's yeah. our ethos is about bringing people together and, and helping the community build and, and bring about that culture change. So you pretty much nailed all of our sort of <laughs> sort of topics that are close to our heart with, with Sculpt. It's, I mean, in terms of the website, the actual um, Sculpt website, um, worcestershire.gov.uk forward slash Sculpt, has got some bite-sized guidance on there, which kind of goes into some of the six, you know, the six things. And, and we've said to people, it's not for profit. It's, it's an, uh, um, six skills we just want everybody to adopt or, or embed or whatever. Um, and, you know, we've said to people, because they've gone, oh, you know, we work in education slightly different where we, we need to do. And I went, use sculpt use the graphics you can download them you can you can have it um and if you kind of do it slightly differently to how we do tell us about it and we'll put your case study on our website because actually um who i'm presenting with manchester do it slightly different to us but actually that might be more relevant to a smaller organization than what we're doing so um i'm aiming hopefully as people you know tell us about what they're doing we'll share that back so people can learn from others and as people kind of adopt it we might learn from them too and and improve our own model so yes it's it's a creative commons not-for-profit open license bit of a bit of a mouthful but basically yeah, <laughs> yeah, <have> it. <laughs> yeah. adapt it share it you know it's uh, yeah. and, and i think that that's that willingness to share and, and, and make it gift it to the communities is really superb so we'll we'll be taking parts of it and applying it because it it makes sense it you know people do have that sort of light bulb moment i'm gesticulating again um about it so um with regard to the, the sort of culture change piece uh, how did you persuade um, your, your top management to mandate training because because I know that mm -hmm. tr mandating training is is a is a tough one because there's not many trainings that get mandated because actually people don't like being told what to learn. So no. so, so so how did you how did you manage to persuade them and 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 what has been the the sort of reaction? Do you, did you hit hundred percent? Uh, yeah. About ninety, I think. Okay, I think we've got That's about ninety. Really Debbie would have been the better person to answer this, to be honest. Um, but um, Debbie um, took over quite a lot of the train responsibility for the training, and they were bringing in like a mandatory suite of learning and re-looking at, if you like, the structure of the learning stuff anyway. So timing-wise, Sculpt kind of sat on that. But they did have to put together a paper 
in terms of justifying it being mandatory. Mm-hmm. With the fact that it's legal compliance on the web and the fact that it, it can be, we kind of say it's like a bit of a lean model, if you like, because um, it can make things more efficient. Um, and obviously, Debbie put that paper forward. Um, so she, she holds the secret to that one. But um, a lot of presentations were done around the council to a lot of people in terms of this is how we are going to do things here. And initially, some people were like, mm, but I think that was, again, wrapped up in that um, resistance because of the, the complexity, the perceived complexity. But actually, yeah, Debbie Debbie put the paper forward um, for it to be mandated and actually having the web accessibility regulations as a legal um, requirement obviously helped with that process because any compliance thing you have to, you, you kind of have to take it on board. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's very much her thing, I suppose, is probably the best way, but it's a shame Debbie's not here. <laughs> no, so... But in terms of us in the web team, we'd have documents come in and we'd almost have to remake them. And we were kind of saying, there's no point in you paying your workforce to build a document to then give it to someone else to remake the document for it then to be, do you know what I mean? It's kind of, we did a little diagram of um, if you build some, get someone who doesn't know what they're doing to build foundations of a house, and then you'll pay someone to dig up those foundations and rebuild them. Mm -hmm. And then, and then and only then will it, is it ready you could build that. You would never, ever ex- do that in a building kind of context of getting someone to do something the wrong way and then get someone to do the right way. You wouldn't. And and better is, and the fact these skills are basic, it's it, it kind of it makes it a bit more of an efficient process. So And, and especially when um, documents that are, um, we have to have on the website. So um, there's some things that by law you have to kind of publish and you know we've had to say no I'm sorry that they don't meet the accessibility requirements and you know and then you have to go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards but why don't you just make it right in the first place using basic skills and and that's all of these things came into it but um, I I can certainly get Debbie to kind of contribute a little bit more when we get onto the chat. Helen, but when you say efficiency, you, you, it also when you are mentioning efficiency, I think that also refers to saving money, right? Yes. Uh, and I know uh, you work in the public sector, you know, but that's <laughs> I think that's a language that everyone understands somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, it it yes, they do, but it, it's almost that that kind of accessibility doing something about it is going to cost lots and lots of money because, you know, they just have this preconceived and actually it it can make it not cost money. You've got members of staff who, if they start doing things slightly differently, which becomes norm, not extra time, not extra sort of this and the other, becomes the norm, then it's, you know, you're not paying specialist people to unpick things. It, 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 It doesn't make sense. So yeah, so it, there was there was quite a lot that we put forward. De- as I said, Debbie put that forward. So I, I don't, I, well, I didn't read it if I have to be honest. But um, Debbie Debbie's been fantastic, and actually because she's part of like the senior team um, in terms of learning and development, this this is an upskilling of a workforce, and it you have to have your learn and development team on board. Um, and she's been absolutely fantastic. 
Excellent. So, um, gosh, where where am I, I, I going with this one? So, I think that when you know you do have that senior buy-in, it, it does it does make it easier. But um, we have a terrible term for what you were trying to describe, uh, which is we call it the cost of non-quality. It's very mangled English. Yes. It's essentially, you know, the 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 cost to the business of of rework and, and doing things badly and then having to you know, yeah. fix all of that stuff so we this is something that w- that we track so so you can argue you can, or you can make sorry rather than argue because we we debate we <laughs> and we we persuade here um we can we can use that data that we have to say actually you know you will reduce your cost of non-quality by x amount if you do this and and, and therefore it's it's an efficiency saving um so that's useful in in you know lots of accessibility arguments because it's not just documents that you're doing this it's also you know applications and, and, and applications even more so because yeah. when you're developing websites and web apps and all the rest of it you know it's it's not a fire and forget lots, lots of documents it's created once and it lives forever yeah um but if you write co- a code base that you're building upon and think you know that is inaccessible then you you know yeah. the, the rework on that can, and it's the same really thing. It's it's completely the same thing. Yeah. So so you've done documents. Are you planning to 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 take the sculpt 2.0 and and do some other? No, it's. I think with sculpt, it's the beauty of sculpt is it's it's the simple. It's the it's the starting point. It's the basics, and it needs to stay simple. Um, mm. And actually, when. Another thing in terms of cost, it it didn't cost us any money to put a page together of, so I was doing little videos here and there. So say somebody sent me a document that had a problem in it, I kind of made a video and then put that video on the training area kind of thing. You know, the the actual e-learning I wrote, which is very much an awareness of these things and explaining them, which is pretty much what's on our website, if you like, you know, the six pages. Um, And putting an area together on your intranet, it it didn't cost anything. And I think that was a bit of a win-win. They were like, oh, (laughs) because as soon as you say accessibility, they just see like big bills or, you know, so anyone can adopt it. It shouldn't cost lots of money. It doesn't, it it kind of is part and parcel of our upskilling. So if you've got a new system, a new payment system, people have to learn how to use it, don't they? I mean, do you train every member of staff for an hour? You don't. They, they kind of have to self-serve. They have to learn how to do it. And, and we're very much on the um, self-service. So if you have a, a problem, you can go into the scoped area. You can read the error message. You can click into it. and It will tell you how to fix it. So it, it's very much that self-service learning on the job if you, if you like um rather than it didn't cost money and i think again that's people are like really <laughs> <laughs> yes it, it can be quite easy to spend quite a lot of money on on initiatives that, that sort of go nowhere because they're unduly complex mm. so you you've been incredibly modest because you haven't actually talked about the fact that you you were a finalist in in the tech for good awards Yes, I, it, weirdly, I, I well, firstly, we we put it in because we were kind of it would be nice for people to acknowledge it um, that where we've got, and then we we're told we were finalists. And you kind of go, oh, wow, 
and and actually it just shows that uh, our little model because in the beginning all I ever wanted is it be mandatory where I work because that means I've achieved my aim and then other people are interested and then it's on the government website and then it's like oh and and people can see that it can make a difference and I think that's um where that's come from we've we've entered into some other awards so fingers crossed we'll see where that goes but yeah to me it's it's like a little thing I doodled on the back of an envelope watching Coronation Street one night after a chat with Sandy so it, it to me it was like it's just my little thing but it's not it's a big thing and sometimes I forget that people are have really embraced it and it's national and and when you can google yourself that that's just weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're getting used to it it's like yeah <laughs> yeah fantastic so thank you so much Helen it's been thank you as always a real pleasure talking to you uh, if you're watching this and you've watched to the end go check out Sculpt worcestershire.gov.uk forward slash Sculpt and uh, need to continue to say thank you to Barclays Access Microlink PC and MyClearText for keeping us online and captioned. So look forward to you joining the chat on Tuesday. Thank you very much. Thank you.